Welcome to the Your Message Received Podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Oh my God, that's me. Hey folks, John Duffin here from Duffin Media. Welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received is the place to help you find your best, most true, authentic voice. Get what you want, find what you need, improve your results. Meet the person of your dreams, make a billion dollars. We're working on those last two. We're still working on those last two, but the other ones I feel quite confident about. And we truly appreciate that you came back. And if it's your first time checking us out, great. Uh, you will find us if you're listening on iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, bunch of other places. And you will also find us on YouTube. We make it easy for you to watch or listen and find and get and keep and use your most authentic voice. So we are thrilled that you're here. And the way that we get you to do all of those things, the way that we, in essence, become the accelerator is to have people that have crossed the finish line multiple times that get us there a little bit faster, a little bit smoother, a little bit cleaner. And I get that privilege today. I get to introduce somebody. Damn. So two weeks ago, we didn't know each other at all. Didn't know that we existed. Uh, but now, Kelly Thrush is somebody who matters to me a ton. And I'm pretty confident he's going to matter to you once you hear. But I can tell you point blank, I'm a massive fan and a friend. Kelly Thrush, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you, sir. That's that's a heck of an introduction. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> It is absolutely my pleasure. And folks, when you hear the journey, it'll be crazy, including the part where it's John Duffin signs up for a 30-hour consecutive run <laughs> and was there at the finish line. I ain't telling you about the middle part, but we'll get to that later. But the fact of the matter is, Kelly, just to begin, is not just, listen, so Retirement Community Director of Sales, I know Kelly as an ultra marathon, mountain climbing, hiking, trailblazing, uh, uber athlete, plant-based aficionado, transplant survivor, and, and with a spectacular story to tell, not just of survival and, and revival, but also mostly uh, of the sense of appreciation and fulfillment. Um, hey, Kelly, I'm going to ask you right off the bat. I'm reading this sure. article about you, and there's a quote. The article begins with a quote where you are, in essence, asking this question. How on earth did I get here? And I was asking that question when I was walking around in the blazing heat in Harvard of Grace, Maryland. But I think our answers are somewhat different. I don't mean to literally throw you in, in into the furnace right away, but I think your story is too powerful uh, to not share. Okay. And my thought is, Share as little or as much as you're comfortable with. I know you as some crazy fit health nut, but the fact of the matter is we've all got stories. My story includes recovery. Um, and if it didn't, I may not know you. Well, you my, my article, man, right? 
you're a young dude who had a lot going on and a lot happening. How did you get there? Sure. Uh, well, that that specific moment, there was a few of them, but that that article you're referring to mm-hmm. uh, was in a. I think that was in the Forks Over Knives article. Yeah. But, um, basically, I, I spent a lot of hours in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, for all intents and purposes, on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and staring up at the ceiling, and you start to replay. I was only 38 at the time mm-hmm. when I got sick, uh, and then you mentioned transplant survivor. Mm-hmm. I was 39 when the actual surgery mm-hmm. took place, but you know, staring at the ceiling and replaying all of those years prior, and realizing mm-hmm. that man, I had hopes and dreams, and uh, you know, a family, and all of those other things, and now I'm with all of those gone at that particular moment, mm-hmm. and staring there, going, "How on earth did I get here?" Uh, and replaying all those and and to kind of echo your point recover if if I hadn't been in recovery the, the answer is flat out I wouldn't be here I mean it's mm. just, I, I mean mm-hmm. I, I would not be sitting here talking to you uh, after four and a half months in the in the hospital so I'm wearing my Phillies jersey because I know you're a former baseball player so that was a little bit in deference to you right so you had athlete you had athletics and a proficiency of success so this is not a spiral downward. Oh, there was a lot of good that was going on before this sure. point. Talk to me about, talk to us, pardon me, in regards to even your athletic prowess. Sure. Well, um, athlete, <laughs> Uber fit or whatever you said, athlete, mm-hmm. that might, that, uh, that, that might be insulting to all the Uber athletes out oh, there. Too, but <laughs> oh, but- <laughs> <laughs> I do, a weekend warrior is, be- is a better fit, but yeah, but all weekend, and we'll get For to sure. that part too. Every For single sure. bit of the weekend. Um, right. But so grew up. I played baseball since right. I was you know four or five, and and had a you know a natural talent. I was mm-hmm. pretty decent at it, and then ended up playing uh, local junior college here. But the problem happened when I went off to college is that I figured out I was I was a pretty darn good beer drinker too, mm-hmm. and that talent. Into my twenties, mm-hmm. um, after college, ended up running bars and restaurants because I was good at that too. I mean, it was mm-hmm. you know fast paced. It's talking mm-hmm. to people. It's you know for the most part mostly extroverts. You know, cash on hand, uh, and kind of worked my way up the ranks. But as I as I progressed in those restaurants, my my drinking career got uh, leveled up. You know, month by month, year by year. Uh, until finally in my thirties, it had, you know, it had spiraled out of control. Um, I actually, you know, when I was, uh, in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, I actually didn't drink for that entire year. Um, Talk to me about I, that. We sure, had a conversation sure. when we were, we, did. we had an actual conversation. I always find this fascinating yeah. when people who drink or drank or drunk, um, I guess that's all the tenses that right. when they stop. And I right. love this part of the story. Describe what that's like when you know that something ain't right. And now you're going to take it. You're going to make an action move. And this is the action move. I'm just going to sure. stop. What's it like? Well, it was it was put to me by my family. It was stop mm-hmm. or, you know, you're out kind of deal. It's like my dad. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was in November of uh, November 1st uh, of mm-hmm. 2015. Uh, and so I did. Um, went to a couple of AA meetings, didn't stick. I mean, you know, there was, I went to probably, I don't know how many, but three or four or five, not very many. Um, and just kind of white knuckled it through that whole 
that whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and notice when I when I talk about it now, not so much then, you know, I don't use the word sober for 2016 because I was not. I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was for sure. I mean, I didn't have a drop, but I was not sober, not not in the true definition of the word that I think about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after about a year, a little over a year, probably 13 months, um, you know, that those thoughts crept into my head was like, look at that. I did this for a whole year. Holy cow. I am cured. Right. <laughs> I can I can drink like a normal person. Uh, let me go out and prove it. And I did actually for the, the first day that I finally decided I'm going to go test this theory of mine. Uh, I did fine. I had two drinks and just like a normal person. And that was it. And then it was probably the same for the next call it week or so. Uh, and then just like the rest of us are in, rec- well, I can't say the rest of us, like the majority of us in recovery, one mm-hmm. drink led to more and more and more until finally a month later, I was worse than I was prior to when I was uh, in 2015, when I stopped, I mean, it was my morning routine. I, I talked about this on uh, one of my posts a while back. My morning routine in 2015 uh, mm-hmm. was I would I would get up in the morning at about six or so, but um, and I won't get too graphic. But I had to run to the run to the bathroom and mm-hmm. and puke up bile, um, and then get myself to the local convenience store down the road uh, just to level out for the day just get rid of the shakes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of level out and get, go about my day. That was, you know, what's that now? Seven years ago or so. Right. And, but so you're like mid thirties, if I'm doing my yeah, math. Right here. Yeah. Mid thirties, probably 36 at that point, 35, yep. 36, something along those lines. Um, and, you know, at that point too, I had bounced uh, when I was 35 or 36, mm-hmm. I had bounced from job to job. I mean, I did, I did well in my twenties and into my early thirties, but mm-hmm. as the addiction got worse and worse, mm-hmm. so did my performance with my family. So did my performance at mm-hmm. work my relationships. I mean, it's the same old story that you hear about. You start mm-hmm. to retreat and push away all of those people and all those functions that are close to you mm-hmm. um, because they interfere, interfere with your drinking time. I mean, I can't, I can't tell them what's going on. I, I get to do this on my own. Like if I told them what was actually happening, <laughs> they would say, Kelly, you have a problem. <laughs> and then you would have been expected to say, Oh, okay. And now I'll do something about it. Right. Exactly. For you sure. know, I mean, that that's what a lot of people tend to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I find you admirable for a million reasons, but one of them is that you had a propensity of success. So this is not a miserable, awful life. There's, there's, there's some athletic success, mm-hmm. as you said, professional success. So you're mm-hmm. rising up through the ranks and things are, rel- I don't know if they're, I'd say relatively easy, but you're moving, right? Sure. You're moving yeah. and, and things are well. You talked about earlier where you were saying um, the fact that in terms of communicating and, you know, and, 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 and being able to you know, like chat up people, were you always able to do that? Did that come naturally for you? I think so. I mean, you know, people have always been kind of my, um, my forte, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, when, uh, you know, whether it's in a a public setting or, I mean, I've been managing people since I was 20 years old, probably. So people actually mattered to you because you felt like they need, I gotcha. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't let them in on my, you know, my dirty little secret because Mm -hmm. then there's judgment and then there's, yeah, you have to stop and you have to make a change. And I wasn't willing to do that. I mean, that's really how I got myself in a mess, you know, back at this point, it's 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, After that year of sobriety, and then my, you know, uh, well, a year of not drinking, excuse me. Uh, And then, see, I just slipped there. 
uh, and then you actually went a whole year though. I did. did yeah, I did um, a whole year. I was just miserable. I think I referred it to you um, very proper in very proper English of like a feeling, the feeling of having a broomstick shoved into sure. my rear end right. um, when I was with other people because I was being cheated and deprived and you weren't. And why right. were you picking on me? Right. So you, in essence, make the call on your own. I'm not going to do it. I get through a year. Yay yep. for me. Right. <clears throat> And I can prove to everybody that no, I can drink like a normal person. I'm a grown, mm -hmm. I'm a grown ass man. I can right. do what I want. You know, you can't, you can't tell me that I'm not allowed to do this. And being somebody that's fairly stubborn, <laughs> at least that's what I'm told. Uh, you know, I can, I can, I can muscle my way through this and be just mm -hmm. fine, <clears throat> um, which is not the case. I mean, I know that now, but back then, that's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. So. 2017, in the midst of me coming back to drinking at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, yeah. my marriage fell apart um, mm. as a result yeah. of it. I mean, I mean, plain and simple. It was it was my okay. fault that the whole thing kind of went mm. in shambles. And that sent me spiraling down the wrong end of the bottle, um, mm -hmm. you know, out of the house, um, damn near homeless at that point. I mean, my I mean, my grandmother actually lived with us at the time, mm -hmm. uh, and thank goodness she still had her her old house prior to. Mm -hmm. So the two of us actually went there, and then I was unchecked. You know, it was just me, and I was you know I was serving tables at the time. I'd really been out of my general manager role for a couple of years. Then at that mm -hmm. point, and really just spiraled and spiraled. Um, looking back, there were signs that I was getting sick. Uh, you know, in hindsight now, but I ignored them because I wasn't going to go to the doctor. I knew what the doctor was going to tell me. You know, the doctor is going to say, you're drinking yourself to death and you need to make a change. Uh, and I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing to do that. And so in January of 2018, uh, it was actually January 7th. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Sunday um, and I was moving furniture for, for a buddy of ours. Um, and uh, I didn't I didn't feel good. You know, I didn't feel well. Um, and then Monday, I felt a little worse. Uh Tuesday, I actually was at work and one of my, I was managing a restaurant here where I work at now, I was managing the dining room. Right. Uh, and uh, one of my servers, tongue in cheek, uh, but she came up to me and said, hey, Kelly, are, are, are you dying? Mm. And I looked at her like, what? No, I'm not, no, I'm not mm -hmm. dying. Get, get out of here. Get back to work. You know, mm -hmm. kind of dismissed it. The very next day on Wednesday, the 10th, uh, my boss, who is still currently my boss, my supervisor, uh, she came up to me and basically laid laid out some choices for me. She looked at me, you know, plain as day and said, Kelly, you're going to the hospital. Mm. And I looked at him and said, what, you're crazy. I have Are you a mind reader? Yeah. Well, right. Uh, well, that's how bad I looked. Um, I was in denial. I mm. didn't know that I looked that bad. Um, but she gave me some options of either go to the hospital or she calls 911 for me. And that was it. Um, and so I kind of just, you know, slumped my shoulders and said, oh boy, I, I looked that bad, huh? And so then... Being as stubborn as I am, I still didn't drive myself to the mm -hmm. hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, I drove myself to the urgent care down by my house. Uh, and the doctor took one look at me and said, what are you doing here? I, there's nothing I can do here. You need mm -hmm. to go to a hospital. So, Kelly, this sounds so crass, but it's like right off the bat. It's like, like so you had described that they were seeing, amongst a lot of things, they were seeing jaundice. Correct. Yep. Right. I yellow. My eyes were yellow. My skin was yellow. Yep. But you don't see it. Nope. I thought I looked like crap, but yeah. I, but I didn't see the jaundice. Um, I was, like I said, it was straight denial. It was, mm -hmm. you see what you want to see. 
And yeah, I'm okay. not feel well, but no, it'll mm-hmm. pass. I'm either I'm either sick with the flu or I'm hungover mm-hmm. or whatever it is. This is not a big deal. Um, I, but, oh my god! Yeah, you told me this, and I remember I I had an aunt. She's since passed away. She's not the only person I've been that I ever encountered that had jaundice. But I can remember it was an absolute shock out of my mind when I saw her with jaundice I, mm-hmm. I i'll never forget the visual I, like I, I i can recall my aunt helen my mom's sister god god good person and i'm upstairs i'm living at home and my aunt came over to our house my mom's house and i remember i knew she was sick we all knew that but i can remember i can hear my aunt talking and i'm thinking oh well, she sounds okay. This is all right. I should be able to handle it. And we have been coached like by mom. She's really sick. But I'm like, oh, she sounds cool. So I go literally running down the stairs to say hi to her. And I swear to God, I'll never forget this. I don't, I don't make it all the way to the bottom of the steps. And I literally just stop on a dime and was like, <laughs> right. And why I'm bringing that up was it was so visually apparent that something not only was wrong it was acutely like irreversibly wrong Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking of the urgent care doctor i'm thinking of your boss i'm thinking the people that are saying this and then i'm thinking of the pushback from you sure absolutely uh, is it because like i wonder that one of the things i'm curious about was luck you managed people in your 20s taking care of people, including your grandmother, although parents and grandparents, although there was a mutual benefit there, at least in that case. Right. But between that, the thing that I wondered was like to a certain point, everyone else mattered, but did you matter to you? You know, looking back, the the answer is no. Um, Looking Mm -hmm. back now at the time, I would have just dismissed it as no, I'm fine. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can muscle my way through this. One of my fr- favorite phrases. I can, I can will my way you know, to, to the to being right. healthy or to the finish line. Because um, I've done it in most aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whether it's work or sports or whatever. You, you, you know, not being terribly athletically talented. Uh, and we'll kind of dive into the ultra running, which is why that sport draws me to it. Is that I'm not very fast, but I can just. Not oh, we'll stop get there, brother. And, you know, oh, we'll get there. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, so it, you know, I looking back, no, I didn't matter because I didn't mm-hmm. go to do checkups. I didn't go to the doctor mm-hmm. because also I also knew if I was honest with them, mm-hmm. they're going to tell me to stop, and I wasn't willing to do it, no matter what was presented in front of me. It just wasn't an mm-hmm. option. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. When was the first time? you actually decided, you know what, I'm going to at least consider that this is a, that this is a problem. Honestly, physical, it, I don't even mean the alcoholism. I mean the physical health when it's like, you know what, let me at least broach the subject. Well, I think it was probably about three or four weeks into my hospital stay. Um, wow. Cause I was, yeah. Uh, I was still fighting. Like I had to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to get back to my daily routine. When am I going to get out of here? Can't you just give me some pills and send me home? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the solutions were and they wouldn't let me out of the hospital. Um, they did a couple of times. They would send me home. They would discharge me, but I was back within 24 hours. Uh, Cause I, I couldn't maintain, I couldn't sustain any sort of health without 
IV drips and, okay. you know, all the different things that they fed me during that time. Mm-hmm. And so finally there was a moment, uh, probably three weeks, I'm going to guess, I don't know the exact day, mm-hmm. but uh, where I finally released and let go mm. and said, all right, these guys are just going to have to help me. You know, it was mm-hmm. after long conversations with Jamie, my wife, um, mm-hmm. now my current wife, and uh, we haven't even brought her up yet because she is, she is the reason I'm alive today. I mean, it's, I mean, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She is the reason. So, um, but we're talking long about with her and she's worried, just, you know, worried sick about me. And I'm still fighting this going, no, I'll be all right. I'll be fine. No big deal. Uh, until finally after realizing that they're not going to let me out of this hospital, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, the, the terminology of, you know, you, you get your affairs in order, you have a month or two, uh, and that's about it. Uh, when I finally let go and said, all right, I'm just going to have, I'm at these, I'm putting my life quite literally in these people's hands, uh, all the different teams and doctors that were out there. And there was, it was up to them. Buddy, was it you or Jamie that cast the vote that you paid attention to? Do you remember? It, it was her that mm-hmm. finally got through to me. You know what I mean? Um, after long conversations about, you know, how things are going and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm a pretty positive and optimistic dude anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but dismissing the whole, no, I'm going to be fine. This is just going to pass. It's a, you know, I'm sick, but it's not that big a deal until finally she drilled it through me. Like, no, 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 this is life or death. Um, that it, it, it took a lot of her beating into me, uh, for me to actually realize that, yeah, that was the case. So what do you think it is? And I can't wait because I'm I got I had folks, I had the pleasure of meeting Jamie. So I met Jamie before I knew Kelly. I mean, we're talking minutes, not <laughs> days and weeks. But the fact of the matter is, so what was it about Kelly that you think was able to crack this, crack this code, crack the armor or veneer? Wow. That's a good, I, um, I don't know. I think it was, I had an advocate for me, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have other places. My mom was a good advocate for me, but at this Mm -hmm. point in my life, I had, I had ruined just about every relationship that I had out there. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I didn't have anyone like her that was fighting for me. Um, you know, she tells the story of, you know, she would come to the hospital on her lunch breaks and wouldn't come visit me. She'd go visit with the doctors and talk about what we need to do next. And she would advocate for me, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning when, when there were multiple doctors that said that there's, there's nothing they could do for me. Uh, and so she would plead my case, especially to a couple of doctors there at, at the university medical center here, um, and plead my case to them. Uh, and she did that you know, without any fanfare, without Mm -hmm. me asking, she Mm -hmm. just did it. And so I think having her in my corner and fighting for me and then telling me this is what we have to do to get it done to to keep you alive and not alive for a few more years, not alive till, you know, you're 60 or 70, alive to see, you know, the summer. Um, Yeah, it took a bit from her. That's for sure. Um, Hey, we've got Kyle Crane navigating the boards here for this episode. And if we can get the photo up momentarily, not this second, but momentarily. Ah, so 
I want to show this photo only in the sense of this is what you are heading towards. Thank you, Kyle. So this is what you're heading towards. And forgive me. Oh, Jamie, much respect to you. Kelly is a hot looking dude. That is a, probably the first reason I gravitated to him. Justin Timberlake is the second, but I digress. <laughs> but the fact is, this is this is you in 2016, 27, 15, 2016. No, this, so the picture on the left with me at the hospital is about a day and a half after my transplant. It was shortly after I mm -hmm. woke up. Um, after my Watch me back before then. Thank you. I jumped ahead. And Kyle, thanks for putting that up. Um, I jumped ahead and I didn't mean to do that, but I, that's okay. It, it's like you're getting, you're being told to get your affairs in order, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And now it's like, okay, the only way out is through mm -hmm. a transplant. Yep, absolutely. And so with with transplants, the, there's, there's, you know, one of the hard things about transplants mm -hmm. and for the transplant team is that the, the recipient has to be the right amount of sick. There's a sweet spot. Right. And so if you're not sick enough, then you can wait because there's somebody else who needs that organ more than you do at a particular mm -hmm. moment. If you're too sick, well, then shoot, you're, you may not survive the surgery. Right. So we need to pick somebody else. Um, so that was the first thing because I was on the mm -hmm. too sick side of that mm -hmm. um, side of that spectrum. So the other problem that I had was um, I was prior to going to the hospital, I was not sober. I mean, I spent the first week in the hospital detoxing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was hallucinations. This is what this is what's been mm -hmm. relayed to me. I, my version of what I remember is different than the actual truth. Um, but, you know, I was detoxing that first week. Right. And so, you know, the transplant team didn't want to give me a brand new liver mm -hmm. if if all I'm going to go do is is ruin it as soon as I'm out of the hospital. So with Jamie and all of her advocating mm -hmm. and convincing these two doctors, they made a deal with me uh, in late February of 2018 now at this point. So I've been in the hospital for six weeks uh, and said, basically, if we can go through with this, if we can actually get you on the transplant list, if we can find you a liver in time, you're going to have to do all of these prerequisites that most transplant recipients have to go through. You're going to have to do them post. And I had to sign an agreement for it. Mm -hmm. Um, where I had to go to a year's worth of, uh, we call it smart recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, so very, the, I've described, I think you and I talked about it for sure. But um, would you mind describing yeah. it just for the benefit Absolutely. of the hearing? So smart recovery mm -hmm. is very similar to AA. Mm -hmm. um, very different vehicles to get this, to the same destination of sobriety. Okay. So we, we don't do uh, 12 steps. We don't have sponsors, things of that nature. Um, but we do things with cognitive behavioral therapy. So we have worksheets and we have workbooks and there's groups that we go to each week. Um, and we kind of interact and have those types of things. But the message on both things or on both sides, are, mm -hmm. are, are, it's the same. You know, and it's we, active. And uh -huh. it's active and it's collaborative is not the word I want. It's, it's everybody's individual journey, but other people are involved, not just you. For sure. It's a community for sure. It's a fellowship. Yep. Absolutely. Because, yep. and this particular smart group was specific towards transplant patients. Mm -hmm. um, and it was for transplant patients that had some sort of a substance abuse problem, mm -hmm. uh, whether it was affecting your liver, your kidneys, pancreas, whatever, whatever it was right. that it was affecting, but it was very, there was a, it was very specific to that. 
And so after transplant, once I was well enough, I started attending these meetings. And for the long time, for actually the majority of, I would say 90 something percent of the time, I was the only post transplant recipient that was at these meetings. Ah, and Most everybody uh -huh. was here before. So here's the question before you have the transplant, you signed a paperwork saying, I promise I'm mm -hmm. not gonna, how many times over under is a million. How many times did you promise before? I no. will never, ever. I'll put it in writing if you need me to. For sure. It, it did was, you it believe was over it? A million. Yeah, it was. Did it you was, believe it when you were signing it? Absolutely. Um, well, so when I signed it, you know, I don't know if I believed it 100%, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, right. And this, of course, this is the pre-transplant. Yeah. Um, probably a month, well, not even a right. month, a few weeks before anyway. Um you know, I, I if looking back, if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if I 100% believe it because you know forever is a long time. Yep. Um, you know, mine was well. I know I need this transplant. I know mm -hmm. I need to sign this in order to get there. Uh, so, yep, give me the piece of paper because I mean, you, mm -hmm. you're this is now quite literally it's 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 been beaten into me enough that if this doesn't happen, I'm not going to be here in a month. And so and now it matters. Oh, sure. Now there's stakes involved. Absolutely. Yep. yep. See, yep. there's other people, Jamie, there's mm -hmm. I said there, and you are now mm -hmm. buying in and that's the sort of thing. And by the way, I love that you said that. I think about it. Look, if anybody is talking about long range plans, uh, whether it's sobriety or a lot of things, mm -hmm. I, I, I recoil, I couldn't, sure. I absolutely couldn't, but you're like, okay, I have never been in this position before, so I'm at least willing to, in essence, give it a go. And yours is more extreme than most. Sure. So you get access and you get the transplant. So, man, walk me through. You, we just saw the picture. Kyle, would you mind putting that picture up one more time? Boom. So now, as you just said to me, this is a day or so outside of the transplant. You know what I noticed, which is weird about this? I know that like there's there's shock value and all that sort of thing. What I love about this is the smile on your face. <laughs> so Jamie tells a story um, that was, uh, I think, is pretty indicative to my my personality. Uh, right. The whole, don't worry about it. I got this. I'll handle it. Mm -hmm. And so we are, uh, I'm being wheeled now into the operating room. I mm -hmm. have just spent at this particular moment in the journey, I have just spent the last, be honest with you, I don't know how many hours. I'm going to say between six and 10 something hours in the ICU, un, in and out of consciousness, mm -hmm. um, basically bleeding out. Um, I was bleeding out of my nose and out of my mouth and so forth and so on. Oof. Uh, and as I'm wheeling out of the ICU and mm -hmm. into the OR, uh, Jamie's right there and she kind of grabs my hand and I, you know, I'm already hooked up to all the different machines and I kind of mm -hmm. leaned over. I gave her that little shitty and grin and, and I winked at her like, yep, I got this. Don't worry about it. We're good. Um, you know, of course, I mean, realistically going into the surgery I was going mm -hmm. into, I mean, it wasn't guaranteed that I was making it off the table. Um, cause prior to surgery, I had 20, 20 something. I think the number was 27 blood transfusions, 27 units of blood prior to surgery. Uh, and I had 40 something overall, uh, like 45. Holy smokes. Yeah. Question right off the bat. Now you talk about another article. You literally talked about the first 10 seconds after sure. waking up. Um, do you remember them? 
absolutely. Th that was quite, that that those ten seconds have defined the rest of my life since that moment. So, you know, coming to so it would have been shortly before this picture that's up. Um, coming out of of surgery when I finally woke right. up. Um, I'm still hooked up to the ventilator. So, you know, mm -hmm. you got this big tube down your throat, but my family is there now. And if you recall, I mean, my relationship again was not the greatest, mm -hmm. but all of them are there or the majority of them anyway, mm -hmm. everyone who could be there was there. Right. I got Jamie on one side and my sister who had flown all the way down from Colorado's on the mm -hmm. other and they're holding my hand and I am just overwhelmed with gratitude. Um, and, you know, and the way I have learned how to describe it that I think is fitting is that I was the essence of that word. Um, it, 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 other than that, it is indescribable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was so, mm -hmm. so thankful for making it to the other mm -hmm. side, for the doctors that, that saved my life, for my family who's here now um, with me. Wrapped in that gratitude or wrapped around that gratitude is guilt i mean it was mm, sure i had i had put myself in this situation i had put my family in this situation um you know going back to laying in the hospital bed you know thinking about how did i end up here yes all those aspirations of mm -hmm. major league baseball player or mm -hmm. president of the united states or whatever mm -hmm. it was that i fantasized when i was a, when i was a teenager, yeah have led me to that particular moment mm -hmm. um and it is. It was. It was a life-defining, not a life-changing, a life-defining moment uh, wrapped in there. And so I use that moment now to keep myself grounded. Mm -hmm. So, and when real life takes over, whether it's at work or relationships or some dude cut you off on the freeway, you know, it's <laughs> you know, you, I do. I go back to that particular moment and go, man, just remember those ten seconds and how you felt and put myself back do. in that bed. Absolutely. I do. I do it. I can't say every day, but it's multiple times a week. That's a um, lot. Uh huh. And it, but it does, it keeps you grounded. It's, you know, when you see, when you see something mm -hmm. that um, gives you some sort of an emotional response, I go back to that moment and, and really try to relive it. Um, you know, and that way it makes you appreciate little things that are out there. Like, I'll tell you what you put up on, on one of your stories here, I don't know, three oh. or four days ago. Right. Um, Put something that you're, you know, tell me something that you're thankful for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so that is a practice of mine I do every mm -hmm. day. I do a gratitude yeah. practice every mm -hmm. day. Um, almost without fail. I can't say it's, you know, 100%, but it's pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do in my gratitude practice is I try to be very, very specific, you know, because it's, it's very easy. You know, when you go around the Thanksgiving table, mm -hmm. everybody says, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my family. My family my I love my mom. My and, then, and then you start naming all the names of the yep. people at the table, right. yep. maybe one or two that, you right. know, aren't there. Yeah. And, and that what happened in that particular moment or mm -hmm. that particular day, that morning, um, there was a bright red cardinal mm -hmm. uh, that had flown by and landed on a perch three or four feet from me. Uh, and paused for a moment. He just he just mm -hmm. kind of sat there and looked at me um, and then went on his day doing whatever mm -hmm. he was doing. But that particular moment, man, it was awesome. I, I'm the only one that got to experience that. Nobody else in the history of the mm -hmm. world ever got that particular moment. And had I not been through that mm -hmm. 10 seconds after my mm -hmm. surgery, neither would I. See, and, so, and, and, and the fact that you're still able to draw on this is spectacular. But I want you to take a minute or two. I love this is my favorite part 
of all of this is then it's the steps to redemption, we'll call it, right? Yep. So there, look, it couldn't have been, you've described this in terms of needing the 24-hour care when this is first done, the inability to walk. Was there anything in terms of as you're going through the process, not that's memorable because all of that would be memorable, but in terms of something that felt good. And oh, you're sure. trying to literally navigate the basics on your own. Walk, sure. but you know, that stuff. Sure. I mean, there's there was lots of them. And I used there was little milestones that I right. used all the time. And, and mm -hmm. it was I think it comes from, you know, that athletic background where you take mm -hmm. that one victory. You know, I used to I was a pitcher and one of the frames of mind was mm -hmm. you just you want to throw strike one and then you want to repeat that, you know, three times in a row, you know, or okay. three times. Yeah. So it's those little things in front of you. So my goal learning how to walk again was mm -hmm. to get to the mailbox and back. Uh, mm -hmm. So picture mm -hmm. me and my like because I was I was this big around with fluid. And so picture me walking with house shoes and shuffling with a walker. Oof. you know, uh, out to, out to the mm -hmm. mailbox in 105 degree areas on the heat as I'm shuffling with these four right. sized over, you know, oversized shorts that I was basketball shorts. Mm -hmm. I was wearing. Um, but that was a victory. Um, the very first time I took a shower all by myself with no help standing up, mm -hmm. um, was a big day, you know, now I was wobbly and I held on. So the tile in your shower had that about a quarter inch lip. So I was holding on with you my got fingertips. It. And like you this. found it. Yeah, I found it and I was holding on, but <laughs> it was that was the best shower I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> you know, and because I did it all by myself. You uh. know? Um my favorite story uh that I tell of those right. is uh and I I think I shared this one with you, but we were Oh, I don't know. Six weeks after surgery, I'm still yeah. I'm still walking pretty mm -hmm. gingerly, uh, usually with a walker for short distances and then right. wheelchairs for longer ones. Mm -hmm. But we had taken our youngest son, Jamie's son, out for uh, pictures mm -hmm. to a real a national park or state park anyway here mm -hmm. around around my house, and we were going to do eighth grade graduating pictures. And mm -hmm. so we took pictures. Okay, great. And it had been it, so the getting down to the entrance of this park. There's a, a long, you know, um, handicap accessible ramp that kind of goes weaves around all the way down. Sure. The, park, the parking lot's kind of raised above it. Yep. And so I walk down. We take our picture. It's been a couple hours mm -hmm. now, and, and I look at James and I said, uh, "You know, I'm I'm pretty tired. We need to mm -hmm. we need to head home." So we start walking home, and as we get to the fork in the road, mm -hmm. to the left is this ramp that I can walk and meander all the way back up. But to the right are are these steps, and there's like 17 of them or something mm -hmm. like that. I, I counted them at the time. I think it was 17. And I I don't say anything to her. I just kind of look at the steps, and then I look at the ramp. And I look at the steps and I look at the ramp and I do that a couple of times. And then I look at Jamie and Jamie looks at me and she goes, Oh, please don't. <laughs> and so I said, no, I'm, I'm going to take the steps. She goes, no, we'll, we'll, we can take the ramp. And so her and I bantered back and forth mm -hmm. for a bit until, uh, until finally I looked at her and said, I'm going to take the steps and I'm not going to use the handrail. Uh, and she finally conceded. Yeah. She conceded. She looked at me and went, okay, he's going. Mm -hmm. Right. So I did, I walked up all, all steps without the handrail. Uh, and I made it all the way to the top. And it was, it was like I won the Olympics. I yelled out this, you know, this yell of woo to the top, mm -hmm. high five to stranger in this very quiet and serene and peaceful place that I am now screaming at the top of my lungs. And, and so, you've won the Super Bowl, babe. Yeah, in I your mind, you've, you've won. See, that to me is spectacular because you wonder, like, what is the impetus that, that propels you to make 
more seismic changes. And it's something like the way that that feels. Bob, I know that like basically beats and, and, I have to because it's a part of you and and it's very slowly at least reintroduced a part of me is, is the part so you change your diet and now you become plant based yep. um was that I mean you went through a lot of hard so asking you was that hard is a dumb question <laughs> but what I mean is in the sense that was the adjustment in terms of that was it substantial did you take a while or did you just nail this in the beginning? No, well, nailed it, no, but I did dive in. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. jumped in feet first, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't hold Please on. tell me the part, the part where you're having the conversation with Jamie in regards to the decision, <laughs> we'll call it. So uh, I have a tendency to tell Jamie, like, when, when I have these crazy ideas, whether it's mm-hmm. plant-based or I'm going to, you know, uh, ride the Tour de Tucson, I'm going to do a 100-mile mm-hmm. bike ride. Yep with zero training. Uh, and I decided to do these things. And, and so I have been thinking about it for quite some time and mm-hmm. I've worked out logistics mentally. I just haven't spoken the words out loud. And so apparently my, my, my tell my cue to her is I'll say, so James, I've been thinking, uh, and now she knows that's what it is. So as soon as I say that now, she looks at me and goes, Oh God, what is it? Oh God. Yeah, but great. Here, here, oh, we, go. What, here what, we go. What next? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so that particular day we were out to dinner, uh, and, uh, and I said, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, I said, James, I've been thinking, and she goes, oh yeah, what's that? And I said, I think I'm gonna go oh. vegan. And she kind of looked at me and she went, oh, um, cause we had, we had done zero talking about this before. Uh, and she was, okay, well, well, when do you want to do this? And I said, well, right now, like I'm going to order an impossible burger and we're going to start today. And then tomorrow I'll go to the store and pick up what do I have to pick up. So it, it was all in from the very beginning. Um, now with that being said, yes, there were bumps, there was trials. Uh, I went to the dietitian through, uh, the transplant team to make sure I, you know, did it right. And I granted that, that appointment was a few weeks down the road, but, um, so yeah, there was some, there was some hiccups along the way and some figuring out I had to do, but it was, um, it was a, a jump and we'll figure the rest out later, which, which tends mm. to be my, oh, mm. I, and so is it. I know that, like I said, I'm in talking to you and in the reading, you're now, in essence, finding people that have similarities to you, whether it's through the books. Our, and I'll say our collectively, hero, Charlie Engel, God bless him, um, if you're listening, and I hope you are. None of this is happening, this conversation, none of this stuff, if it's not for Charlie Engel. But you grab his book. And it's like crazy how these things and Rich Roll you've told me about as well, too, in terms of this. So you even though you're saying, hey, James, I think I'll you said a minute ago and and this bears also in it. You've already taken steps and all these things. You you do your homework clearly. Uh, You take the time and research from either which role or, or Charlie at that point, what grabbed you to be like, Oh, they're doing it. This is cool. I'll do, I'll just go follow them. Well, I think that the, the catalyst for all of it was um, I got turned on to Charlie's book, uh, mm-hmm. the running man. And so now I read that book in Total mighty, right? a day and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you know, I was, it was actually, I guess, yeah, it's a funny story. I can tell now, but so Jamie, we were actually traveling uh, and we were up in Colorado visiting my sister and I picked up his book Mm -hmm. to read on the airplane. 
And so I'm, you know, frantically turning pages and going through it. Uh, Jamie actually got sick on that trip. Uh, and, and so we were at my sister's house. She's up all night, you know, uh, with stomach issues and I'm kind of literally holding her hair back. Uh, and so we're in the, there was one moment we're in the bathroom and she's not feeling well. And she's mm -hmm. apologizing to me like, Oh my gosh, Kelly, it's two o'clock in the morning. And I've got my book in hand going, no, it's all right, James. I'm good. Uh, you let me know when you need me. Cause I'm okay. turning the pages. So anyway, I love, so, uh, what it, what it really made me do was when I I read Charlie's book and mm -hmm. decided I wanted to, and as among many others, but his was the first. Mm -hmm. uh, and so decided I was going to run a hundred miles one mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And as I read all of these people's books who do those types of endurance events, mm -hmm. there's a lot of them are plant-based. And so then I started looking mm -hmm. at my diet and, you know, and it was a typical American diet and really started to dive into what my nutrition looked like. And I realized like, mm -hmm. Man, it's not very healthy what I do, even though I think that it is, you know, there's processed foods and there's sugar and there's all the different things that go into mm -hmm. it. Um, and it really wasn't terribly healthy. So that was kind of the the process of the whole thing mm -hmm. was I looked at somebody like Charlie who can run mm -hmm. you know, across the Sahara Desert, which I which I cannot do. Um, yeah. And so and then I looked at somebody like Rich Roll, mm -hmm. uh, who did uh, the, you know, the five Ultramans out in Hawaii in five days right. or within a week. Um, I look at, you know, the all these different athletes who do all these crazy feats and there's a there's a common theme amongst a bunch amongst a bunch of them is, yep. is they're plant-based and really pay attention they're very intentional about what they put inside their body as fuel and so i started doing research i started listening to podcasts and reading and so forth mm -hmm. and so on and realized that this is something that i want to do and that was two years ago now and i haven't looked back you gave me a suggestion and I, I, I think it's bears repeating because I actually did it. You talked about, to me, finding your third favorite thing mm -hmm. uh, and, and eliminating that in terms of starting the process. Sure. Because I, I know for me now, so I did it for about, I said six months. It probably was four months several years ago. And I loved it because I'm getting food sent to my house. And, and, and I'm just basically eating the food. And then that delivery service goes out of business. Um, and it was based on forks over knives. I mean, it was right. They're right. gone. I don't bother to do any more research. And I'm surely not going to be the one making the food. And out I go. Um, <laughs> I start to pick all this up again. I'm talking to you. Uh, I'm picking up the Joel Furman book and, and I've now going back to, you know, rip and all that stuff. And it just felt crazy overwhelming. For sure. the days. Crazy overwhelming. Sure. So the suggestion you made to me, which I absolutely love to death, would you explain the third favorite thing? Sure. So it's, it's something that I thought about because you want to mm -hmm. set yourself up for success. And again, right. it goes like with anything, mm -hmm. sobriety, you can't think about the whole because it is overwhelming. That's very daunting. Oh, because the rest of your life sounds insane. Yeah, and and people think about all the things that I have mm -hmm. to eliminate if I go plant based. Which really, it, personally, I think about all the things you now get to include. But anyhow, that's right. further down the road. Right. So what I what I tell folks, especially mm -hmm. when they're when they're overwhelmed, I said, all right, well, let's make it let's make it simple. Mm -hmm. Set yourself a goal that's extremely attainable. So I tell them, pick your third favorite thing that's on those things that you have to eliminate. Mm -hmm. And I always use bacon as my example. So bacon mm -hmm. is your favorite thing, and I cannot live without bacon. Well, then that's not the one. Okay, right. You know, maybe it's maybe it's 
hamburgers. So yeah, bacon's your first favorite thing. And then mm -hmm. cheese, because I get cheese a lot when I talk. I can't give up cheese. Um, cheese is their second favorite thing. But hamburgers, they, they eat a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, all right, well, for a month, and you have to commit to it and be honest with yourself, because I mean, it's you and you, you know, right. um, but just cut out hamburgers for a month. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of 30 days, look at it and go, did you miss them? Because chances are you probably mm -hmm. didn't. Maybe you did that first time that you normally have a, you know, Thursdays, you always get the bacon cheeseburger or whatever it is. <laughs> and this, you know, and this time you got the, the way that we grew up in Northeast Philly. Um. Right. <laughs> you know, right. But that first time, maybe you missed it. But by the end of the month, I'm, I'm going to guess you probably got through it pretty okay. Mm hmm. So then if it did and you want to continue and you want to expand, or maybe you just do it for a second month, but if you want to right. expand, all right, now pick. All right. So instead of mm -hmm. cheese, which is a, a very broad category, I'm going to mm -hmm. cut out cheese um, for dinner. I'm allowed to have cheese for lunch. I'm assuming you won't have much cheese for breakfast, but maybe you do. Um, cheese omelets. So um, oh, there you go. Omelets for sure. For sure. <laughs> Blintzes. I mean, there's, there's lots, you know, cream <laughs> cheese on bagels. I mean, I suppose there's a lot. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so you cut out, you know, just those one things if you want to expand and then you build mm -hmm. upon it from there. There is no, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's what's going to work for you. And, and I'm a firm believer in if you're going to start something that seems incredibly difficult, mm -hmm. when you're beginning, do something that you know you can successfully do and start because you start to build that habit. You'll start to, you'll, you'll feel good because look at this. I cut out hamburgers for an entire month. Well, the fact of the matter is you eat them once a week. That was four different meals that you actually did it for. So really, I mean, it wasn't that big a deal mm -hmm. if you look at it mathematically. Right. But at the end of the month, I mean, that was 30 days without your favorite food or your favorite mm -hmm. sandwich, you know, or, or third favorite. Um, and you can build upon that success until pretty soon. All right. Well, I've done three months. I got rid of cheese. I got rid of my hamburgers. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to tackle bacon. And then off you mm -hmm. go for bacon. And then by the end of those, you know, four months, I guess, at this particular example, man, you're you're damn near plant-based already. Right. I want to talk about the you taught you just literally rattled off a few minutes ago when you're like, oh, I'm gonna start with a hundred mile. And I I think the part that's the it the coolest to me and the craziest is the matter of factness of the way that you say that. Um and now knowing you a little bit, it's like, it is matter of fact. So yeah. you talk about the feeling better and all that sort of thing. You know what? One of the things that, that really pops to me in terms of what you say specifically, it's not just the endurance and what these that riches the Charlies are able to accomplish. You talk about sleep. Oh, and sure. for somebody that sleeps pretty wonky um it's like i that's kind of like like the dog whistle mm -hmm. you know what i mean where i'm like oh oh how's that changed for you oh it's well one i one i sleep great um that's what i, I mean yeah, right I, yeah. I sleep great um mm -hmm. there's a lot of different factors to it but i absolutely believe that your nutrition mm -hmm. and what you eat will affect your sleep so i i have you know whether it's a, a whoop or a garmin but i have wearables and i can tell based off my resting heart rate when i'm right. asleep if it's a whole food plant-based diet for mm -hmm. and you have to string together about two or three days where there's no mm -hmm. variation from it's whole foods and plant-based my resting heart rates in the mid 40s 
if I deviate from that and have some processed food in there, right. um, it'll jump to the low or mid 50s just just by what I put in my just body. Mm -hmm. Yep. See, and that to me, folks, would just be that alone would to me be the reason that I continue and at least begin as I've done with the third. Uh, and by the way, I raised my hand like, like I'm in fourth grade. Right. Uh, and you would say, it is hamburgers. It is burgers. That's That was the number three. Right. Processed cold cuts. Oh, there you number go. Number one. Yeah. Number one lately. Processed cold cuts. Cheese, burgers. And right. so that's where it began um, in this regard. But I want to now come to, in essence, what you're doing. And to me, this is such a spectacular series of events of the stuff that you pull off sure. in terms of challenging yourself. And folks, last weekend, depending on when you're listening and watching this as well, too, as we'll say a couple of weeks ago in Harvard to Grace, Maryland, I meet Kelly and I meet Jamie through an event that Charlie Engel has his name literally on and Charlie celebrates 30 years of sobriety by committing to move his body for 30 consecutive hours, mm -hmm. um, running, but also it included yoga and stretching and walking and whatever the case may be. And I swear to God, now, now I know because I was there that was put into place for yahoos like me. So it wouldn't scare people to death to think that they're so you show up with the intention of I'm going to do this for 30 consecutive hours. Yep. Yep. Is this one of these, James, I think I'm going to? Actually, in this particular instance, this was this was her. She gave me permission out of the get-go, I mean, out of the gate. Now, granted, this has been two years of building to this moment, but right. um, Charlie and I had – we had never met. Um, right. We had communicated via email a couple, three times mm -hmm. over the last few years or a couple of years. Um, and uh, he reached out to me mm -hmm. back in, I think, March uh, and started talking about the Penguin, uh, yep. which was the title of last week or a couple of weeks back, mm -hmm. uh, the movement for recovery. And he reached out to me and said, hey, Kelly, I want you to be a part of it mm -hmm. in some way, uh, whether it was in person or virtual or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so I came home after Charlie and I had spoken on the phone. I came home and told Jamie about it. And she uh, basically looked at me and said, well, looks like we're going to Maryland. <laughs> I mean, she, she knew she had a better idea, I think, of what that event was going to be mm -hmm. than I did. Um, mm -hmm. And she was all about it. And, and thank goodness, because that mm -hmm. I put it in one of my posts and I think is the best mm -hmm. way to describe it is that weekend was nothing short of life changing uh, for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for a lot of us there, because I mean, you can attest to it. We're still all chatting with each other. We're texting or we're, we're commenting on an Instagram post or we're all putting up our different pictures and we're interacting and it's, it's a week and a half later and we're still with doing it. Need feeling the need for, at least from my vantage point, feeling the need to do so, the desire to do so <laughs> and the joy and rush of getting the exchange and having the continuous communication. Oh my God, there's more pictures. Oh, look, right, so right. and so, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I want you to try. It's hard for me to say why, simply because I, I just have a hard time articulating. Sure. Can you try to articulate why it was life-changing for you? 
I think it was the it was absolutely the people that I met. Um, and they were they were genuine, they were mm -hmm. gracious, they mm -hmm. were accommodating. I mean, everybody from the from the folks that ran the event. Um, to Greg and Alex and, and, and awesome. there's so many other people, right? Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the people like like Sam Pruitt, uh, who mm. was playing race director that particular day, who's mm. running around trying to find an ice bath for my feet because they were wrecked. Um, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, to the actual runners, to the people, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, yourself or Luke or mm -hmm. Josh or Hillary Brandon, or, or Brandon, Ryder, Sean, miles, right? Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the list goes on and on and mm -hmm. on and on. Yep. And, on. Um, and there was, it, it, at least in that brief moment, there was true mm -hmm. connection there. And, and I, Josh and I actually talked about it uh, right. for a bit that, mm -hmm. um, you know, you commemorate that in that misery of trying to move for 30 mm -hmm. hours, your feet are sore, your legs are mm -hmm. sore. It was hot that weekend. Stupid hot. Yeah. And so, and we're all out there in it together, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which was amazing. And the whole purpose of this event, not only was it for Charlie sobriety, because that was what, that was the, you know, well, that was the, the hook. Yeah, that was the hook. But really, we were there for mm -hmm. something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole point was to raise money for, for addiction uh, research. Right. You know, and so you're doing this for mm -hmm. something bigger than yourself, which is really mm -hmm. what I treat most of the things that I do nowadays. That's my perspective mm -hmm. on my life, whether it's these, you know, whether it's plant based and being able to talk about it with folks that are that are curious. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I try not to be preachy. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose I have my moments, but usually I wait for someone to ask me or if it's doing, you know, like uh, this morning, you know, running, you know, we went and ran uh, about five and a half miles this morning. And all I mm -hmm. did was put it out there or actually my friend of mine put it out there, mm -hmm. but we had a group thread and said, Hey, we're going to go run tomorrow morning. Who wants to go with us? And then, you know, pretty soon that turns into three, four or five of us. And we mm -hmm. all start going. Mm -hmm. um, or if it's through the, the, you know, the sober and the recovery community mm -hmm. that I try to help or the transplant community that mm -hmm. I try to help. And, and it's just simply the, um, the enthusiasm and the joy of it and realizing mm -hmm. that this is bigger than me and, and I owe it to everybody in my life that I can have a positive change on everybody else or as many people else as I can. So, I loved when you shared with me uh, during the, multiple times, hey, my mission now is to help as many people as I can. And I yeah. love that, especially because you it, it seems to be true. Sure. Now, you are participating in, to me, I would have thought that, oh, by the way, folks, Kelly did finish the 30 hours. Charlie did finish the 30 hours. I cannot confirm or deny that, as I said and Jamie was a witness, in fact, that I literally said to one of the organizers, the under over was five. The question was me asking, will I have access to my car? Will I be able to come and go freely? Uh, will I get locked into this? And the answer was, nope, you'll have access to your car. I disappeared for, let's say, I don't know, 10 hours at least. It would have been longer if I could have actually gotten up and walked away. But, um, but... Don't, a bunch of people finish and finished strong. And now, as if you've got nothing else to do or prove, you're running something called or hiking or all of the above, the yeah. rim to rim hike for the launch pad yeah. center. Yeah. Please, God, and folks, this got we're talking the Grand Canyon. 
please describe. For sure. So this is this is a, 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 a fundraiser I've been a part of now for about uh, this is my third year. Um, right. Here in Arizona, there's a, a local teen center. It's called the Launchpad, uh, mm-hmm. and it helps um, at-risk or underprivileged mm-hmm. teens in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm directly involved in the uh, the outdoors program, and my mm-hmm. our group is because hiking and being outdoors is one of my passions. Mm-hmm. And so, we raise money for that program to get these teens who who probably or maybe wouldn't have an an opportunity to go camping or to go mm-hmm. whitewater rafting or all of those different things, you know, rock climbing, whatever it might be. I mean, they get to do right. all scholarship based so they don't have to pay for equipment or travel or any of those expenses, but they get mm-hmm. to share these experiences with them to get them outdoors off of their phones, mm-hmm. out of their, you know, off their, off their computers or whatever they're, yeah, off their backside. whatever, whatever um. kids these days are doing, um, <laughs> but it gets them outside. Yep. And so the launch pad put together uh, a few years back, it's called the Trek for Teens. And that's what, what I'm directly involved with. And so the last two years has been a rim to rim. So we mm-hmm. would start at North Rim of the Grand Canyon. And in one day, we'd hike all the way back across to the South Rim, which in that case, it turns out to be about 24, 25 miles, Good Lord. depending on where you start. Uh, and you go all the way down, all the way across and all the way back up. Um, which sounds very like a great idea and very romantic until you're 20 miles into this thing and you look straight up at that canyon wall going, this this was a really bad idea. The same one that they take all the pictures of. Correct. Yeah, that's the one. The, the big hole in northern Arizona. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> and so this year, there's a couple of us uh, that have upped the ante a little bit. Uh, and we're going to do rim to rim to rim. So we're going to start at the south rim. We're going to go all the way across to the north. We're going to mm-hmm. meet with our group who's already camping up there. Uh, we'll have a little bit of dinner and then we'll come on back uh, mm-hmm. across the way. Uh, so it'll end up being closer to 50 miles, give or take, dep- again, depending on where we start from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be about 50 miles with about 12,000 feet of elevation gain, all of which are in, you know, the two canyon walls on either side. Uh, and it's going to be fantastic. I mean, the first time that I made that that mm-hmm. hike, it was Oh my gosh, it was just mind-blowing experience when you're mm-hmm. hiking through that canyon. It is the only way to see that canyon. Seeing it from the top is absolutely gorgeous and it's mesmerizing. Right. It, it is that times 10 when you're when you're hiking all the way through it. I mean, it's it's mm. Mm. it truly is one of the seven wonders of the world. I mean, it's it's amazing. So folks, here's what we're gonna do. There will be a link that you will be able to donate. Hey, as a heads up, folks, when you donate. 100 bucks or more. Kelly is going to ride a mule. Do I have that right? I'm sorry. I might have read that wrong. Um, uh, what are we doing for your 100 sure. bucks? What do I get to do? Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll give you that link to my fundraising page. And, and what right. I've been doing actually is for folks that donate $100 or more, mm-hmm. um, I will send you a postcard from the bottom of the Grand Canyon that gets carried out by mules. Not, I don't get carried out by a mule. Although, although at that particular moment, I knew that. I just thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was fun although, visual. although it doesn't sound like a horrible idea when you're when you're you know forty miles into this thing. Dude, I'd be riding. I'll ride yeah. whatever is there, including right. a car. But, right. um, <laughs> brother, we'll make certain the link is there. Two more questions. Which number one sure. that you've obviously are honoring your commitment to help people in any way that you can, um, but to you. What do you see for yourself in like it, it like long range plans? I mean, are great and tough, 
but what do you see for yourself in terms of the way that you'd like to help people? Well, I think the biggest thing that I want to do is, mm-hmm. well, I guess there's two part answer to this. Yeah. Um, one is on an individual basis. I love chatting with people. I love hearing their mm-hmm. stories. Um, especially if they have one of their version of my story, whatever they're, they're struggling to get through, or maybe they have gotten through and now they're on the other side or whatever it might right. be. Um, and I love connecting with people. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, you know, if uh, we'll have my email up there, my Instagram up there, um, for folks. And if you, if you want to connect, we can, I'd love to hear from you. So we'll do email, Instagram, yep. your Facebook page, I'm guessing, and all that stuff, right? Or we'll they, they all work terrific. Yep. We'll get that up um, there. Who influences you right now, including Jamie? Oh boy. Well, Jamie's Jamie would be number one on that list. Um, Hold the thought. Hold the thought for a second. What would you say about Jamie right now? What is it about Jamie that influences you? Oh my gosh. 2022 version. Sure. It it is the way that she loves me. Um, It's, it's amazing. Um, and especially for someone, there was a, a long period of my life where, um, I didn't deserve that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I could think it, I could tell you stories upon stories, all the crap mm-hmm. that I pulled and crap that I did. Mm-hmm. And, and she knows it and she's heard mm-hmm. about it and, you know, mm-hmm. and she loves me anyway. Um, and she makes, and, and this is going to sound a little cliche. Mm-hmm. She makes me want to be a better man. Um, mm-hmm. truly. And I want to do it for her. I want to mm-hmm. do it for me. Mm-hmm. I want to do it for my donor's family and my donor, you know, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, she she makes me want to be a better version. And you said there's a couple of ways before. Sure. Yeah. I jumped away from the influence, but you said there's a couple of ways. I love to communicate and connect with people one-on-one. Was sure. there another way? Sure. And I think, you know, on a broader sense, I think one of the messages that I Mm -hmm. that I talk about is that having gone through, you know, my deathbed and and being right right there is that I want to convey to people that there's there's there is great life, great life on Mm -hmm. the other side of whatever struggles right in front Mm -hmm. of you. I promise it's good stuff. And you may not be able to see it when you're in the thick of it. That old adage, the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I promise when you work and struggle and fight and claw your way through whatever's right in front of you mm-hmm. on the other side of that, if you allow it, if you welcome it there, God, there's good stuff. There's mm-hmm. better stuff than you possibly could have imagined. I love the way that you influence other people. Um, we obviously, Hey, so who influences you now? <sighs> you know, you asked me that the first time I didn't have a good answer. I, I know who it's honestly, it's going to be um, besides Jamie, obviously yep. um, it is my, my two brothers Love. Uh, it's, and it's my dad. Um, you know, uh, we, we lost my mom uh, mm-hmm. a couple about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I use for all um, for my, my brothers, my sister, my mom, my dad, yep. Jamie, um, one of the things that is kind of a guiding light for me um, is, well, what I'm about to do, will it make them proud? Uh, and if it does, mm-hmm. well, then, then shoot, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my sister is one, her and I are extremely close and I, I love being I love able to call and talk to mm-hmm. her 
uh, about upcoming events and upcoming mm -hmm. things and whether it's whether it's races or mm -hmm. you know community service event or whatever it is um being able to talk stuff up because those you know five how many people do i have one two three four five people right um, they quite the group. they yep. quite literally are my biggest fans and, mm -hmm. and fantastic and it's amazing the things you can accomplish mm -hmm. when people are rooting for you mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I would end that with the fact you give people a lot of good reasons to root for you. Um, Kelly Thrush, I first off, I hope you would be willing to come back. I feel oh, like we yeah. barely scratched the surface, man. Yeah. Uh, and it was a ton. It was a ton. You make me happy. And I feel like, like I said, thanks to Charlie, thanks to all those people. I now know you and I get to call you a friend. Um, thank you so much for showing up. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I am super glad that you and I got to connect uh, too. Out there in Maryland by happenstance that just that just sort of was. And, and the amount of hours right. that we got to struggle through mm -hmm. and and you glossed over it just a little bit ago talking yep. about that weekend. I mean, you, you put you put up a marathon that day. I mean, you got 26 mm -hmm. and change mm -hmm. miles out. That's yep. nothing to slouch at, man. That's that's a big deal. So congratulations. Thank you. It was, yeah, well. It, you, Charlie, Luke, and you could just rattle off a hundred, like people fit, fed into the energy, fed sure. into that connection that you talked about before, that, that unbelievable connection. And then it, the push doesn't feel like ominous. It doesn't feel hard. It, 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 you're willing to accept the push and, and then everybody just does more. And I'll never forget, not just that through that whole weekend, but I'll never forget the finish. Right. So we're sitting there on some lawn um, and I'm like, I'm not certain if I'm going to physically get up at this right. ever, let alone right. if it's to finish the race. But we are all going to finish the race at our end of our 30. And, and, and honest to God, Kelly, you literally picked me up. And I remember that. And yeah. I remember the getting in felt so easy and true and right and that's yep. because people like you you specifically not people like you you specifically and that crew of people around us that just carried us honest to god my best takeaway from all of this so far including today is that sense that you are clearly willing to help people and when you and when we do like ridiculous, amazing things happen. People are clocking yep. marathons. People are running 30s. People are climbing up and down the Grand Canyon and finding ways to make it harder. Um, right? <laughs> God love you, man. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Kelly Thrush, thank you for making time for all of us today. I am over the moon grateful. And folks, this is John Duffin from Duffin Media. I am thrilled you joined us again for another episode of Your Message Received. Again, keep listening, liking, sharing iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Keep liking, keep watching, keep telling all your friends, and we will be back for more. Again, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. And now, making its way across the finish line, your message received has been a production of Duffin Media.